Hello, hello, it's Silly and Sissy, and it's been a minute, and I'm back after a brief hiatus, and I see you, I see Isadora, and I see Gatsby and Bunny, and I see Isadora and Chessie, and I see Pig Panther, and I see you again, yay, thanks for coming, everybody, click, click, click. We got some great songs and stories. We are reading The Wizard of Oz. And this one is The Road Through the Forest. If you remember Dorothy, who fell through the the um, the, the woods in her house and went, landed in the this magical land called Oz and the witch, and she killed the witch, and she found the scarecrow, and now she's going through The Wizard of Oz. She's through the forest. After a few hours, the road began to be rough, and the walking grew so difficult that the scarecrow often stumbled over the yellow bricks, which here were very uneven. Sometimes, indeed, they were broken or missing altogether, leaving holes that Toto jumped across and Dorothy walked through, walked, walked around. As for the scarecrow, having no brains, he walked straight ahead and so stepped into the holes and fell at full length on the hard bricks. It never hurt him, however, and Dorothy would pick him up and set him upon his feet again while he joined in laughter merrily at his own mishap. The farms are not nearly so well cared for as those further back had been. There are fewer houses and fewer fruit trees, fruit trees, and the further they went, the more dismal and lonesome the country became. At noon, they sat down by the roadside near a little brook, and Dorothy opened her basket, got out some bread. She offered a piece to the scarecrow, but he refused. I'm never hungry, he said, and it is a lucky thing I'm not, for my mouth is only painted, and if I should cut a hole in it so I could eat, the straw I'm stuffed with would come out, and that would spoil the shape of my head. Dorothy saw at once that this was true, so she only nodded and went on eating her bread. Tell me something about yourself and the country you come from, said the scarecrow. When he, she had finished her dinner, so she when she had finished her dinner, and so she told him all about Kansas and how gray everything was there, and how the cyclone had carried her to this queer land of Oz. The scarecrow listened carefully and said, "I cannot understand why you should wish to leave this beautiful country and go back to the dry gray place you call Kansas." Well, that is because you have no brains," answered the girl. No matter how dreary and gray our homes are, we people of flesh and blood would rather live there than any other country, but be it ever so beautiful. There's no place like home, the scarecrow sighed. Of course, I cannot understand it. If your heads were stuffed with straw like mine, you would probably all live in the beautiful places, and then Kansas would have no people. It is fortunate for Kansas that you have brains. Won't you tell me a story while you are resting, asked the child. The scarecrow looked at her reproachfully and answered, My life has been so short that I really know nothing of whatsoever. I was only made day before yesterday. What happened in that world before that time is all unknown to me. Luckily, when the farmer made my head, one of the first things he did was to paint my ears so that I heard what was going on. There was another munchkin with them, and the first thing I heard was the farmer saying, How do you like these ears? They aren't straight, answered the other. Never mind, said the farmer, their ears just the same, which was true enough. Now I'll make the eye, said the farmer. So he painted my right eye, and as soon as it was finished, I found myself looking at him and everything around me with a great deal of curiosity. 
for this is my first glimpse of the world. That's a rather pretty eye, remarked the munchkin, who was watching the farmer. Blue paint is just a color for eyes. I think I'll make the other a little bigger, said the farmer. And when the second eye was done, I could see much better. And when the second eye was done, I could see much better than before. Then he made my nose and my mouth, but I did not speak, because at that time I didn't know what a mouth was for. I had the fun of watching them make my body and my arms and legs, and when they fastened on my head, at last I felt very proud, for I thought I was just as good as a man as anyone. This fellow will scare the crows fast enough, said the farmer. He looks just like a man. When he is a man. Why, he is a man, said the other, and I quite agreed with him. The farmer carried me under his arm to the cornfield and, and set me up on a tall stick where you found me. He and his friends soon after walked away and left me alone. I did not like to be deserted this way, so I tried to walk after them. But my feet would not touch the ground, and I was forced to stay on that pole. It was a lonely life to lead, for I had nothing to think of. Having been made such a little while before, many crows and other birds flew into the cornfield, but as soon as they saw me, they flew away again, thinking I was a munchkin. And this pleased me, and made me feel that I was quite an important person. By and by, an old crow flew near me, and after looking at me carefully, he perched upon my shoulder and said, I wonder if that farmer thought to fool me in this clumsy manner. Any crow of sense could see that you are only stuffed with straw. Then he hopped down on my feet and ate all the corn he wanted. The other birds, seeing he was not harmed by me, came to eat the corn too. So in a short time, there was a great flock of them about me. I felt sad at this, for it showed I was such not such a good scarecrow after all. But the old crow, crow comforted me, saying, If you had only brains in your head, you would be as good as a man as any of them, and a better man than some of them. Brains are the only things worth having in this world, no matter whether one is a crow or a man. After the crows had gone, I thought this over and decided I would try hard to get some brains. By good luck, you came along and pulled me off the stake. And from what you say, I am sure the great Oz will give me brains as soon as we get to the Emerald City. I hope so, said Dorothy earnestly, since you anxious, since you seem anxious to have them. Oh, yes, I am anxious, replied the scarecrow. It is such an uncomfortable feeling to know one is, one is a fool. Well, said the girl, let us go, and she handed the basket to the scarecrow. There are no fences at all by the roadside now, and, and the land was tough and untoiled. Toward evening they came to a great forest, where the trees grew so big and close together that their branches met over the road of a yellow brick. It was almost dark under the trees, for the branches shut out the day, daylight. But the travelers did not stop and went on into the forest. This road goes in, it must come out, said the scarecrow. And as the Emerald City is at the other end of the road, we must go wherever it leads us. Anyone would know that, said Dorothy. Certainly, that is why I know it, returned the Scarecrow. If it required brains to figure out, I should know, should have, I should, never should have said it or would have said it. After an hour or so, the light faded away and they found themselves stumbling along in the darkness Dorothy could not see at all, but Toto could, for some dogs see very well in the dark. Does your dog? And the scarecrow declared he could see as well as by day, so he took hold of his arm and managed to get along fairly well. 
if you see any house or any place where we can pass the night. She said, you must tell me, for it is very uncomfortable walking in the dark. Soon after the scarecrow stopped, I see a little cottage to the right of us, he said, built of logs and branches. Shall we go there? Yes, indeed, answered the child. I am all tired out. So the scarecrow led her through the trees until they reached the cottage, and Dorothy entered and found a bed of dried leaves in the corner. She lay down at once, and with Toto beside her, fell into a sound sleep. The scarecrow, who was never tired, stood up in another corner and waited patiently until morning came. All right, chapter five, at the rescue of the Tin Woodsman. So what do you say? What do you say? Let's read this one, eh? When Dorothy awoke, the sun was shining through the trees and Toto had long been out chasing birds and squirrels. She sat up and looked around her. There was a scarecrow still standing patiently in his corner waiting for her. We must go and search for water, she said to him. Why do you want water, he asked. To wash my face clean after the dust of the road and to drink so that dry bread will not stick in my throat. It must be inconvenient to be made of flesh, said the scarecrow thoughtfully, for you must sleep and eat and drink however you have brains and it is worth a lot of bother to be able to think properly. They left the, the cottage and walked through the trees until they found a little spring of water where Dorothy drank and bathed and ate her breakfast. She saw there was not much bread left in the basket, and the girl was thankful of the scarecrow. And the girl was thankful that the scarecrow did not have to eat anything, for there was scarcely enough for herself and Toto for the day. When she had finished her meal and was about to go back to the, to the road of the yellow brick, she started to hear a deep groan nearby. What was that? she asked timidly. I can't imagine, replied the scarecrow, but we can go and see. And just then another groan reached their ears, Ah! and the sound seemed to come from behind them. They turned and walked through the forest a few steps when Dorothy discovered something shining in a ray of sunshine that fell between the trees. She ran to the place and then stopped short with a cry of surprise. One of the big trees had been partly dropped through and standing beside it with an uplifted axe in his hands, was a man made entirely of tin. His hand and arms and legs were pointed upon his body, but he stood perfectly motionless as if he could not stir at all. Dorothy looked at him in amazement, and so did the scarecrow, while Toto barked sharply and made a snap at the tin legs, which hurt his teeth. Did you grow and asked Dorothy? Yes, answered the tin man, I did. I've been growing for more than a year, and no one has ever heard me before or come to help me. What can I do for you? she inquired softly, for she was moved by the sad voice in which the man spoke. Get an oil can and oil my joints, he answered. They are rusted so badly that I can't move them at all. If I am very well oiled, I shall soon be all right again. You will find an oil can on the shelf in my cottage. Dorothy at once ran back to the cottage and found the oil can, and then she returned and asked anxiously, well, where are your joints? Oil my neck first, replied the tin man. So she oiled it, and as it was quite badly rusted, the scarecrow took hold of the tin head and moved it gently from side to side until it worked freely, and then the man could turn it himself. Now oil the joints of my arms, and Dorothy oiled them, and the scarecrow bent them quickly until they were quite free from rust and as good as new. 
The tin man gave a sigh of satisfaction. Ah, and lowered his axe, which he leaned against the tree. Ah, this is a great comfort. I've been holding that axe in the air ever since I rested, and I'm glad to be able to pull it down at last. Now, if you will, oil the joints of my legs. I shall be all right once more. So they oiled his legs until he could move them freely, and he thanked them again and again for his release, for he seemed a very polite creature and very grateful. I might have stood there always if you had not come along, so you have certainly saved my life. How did you happen to be here? We are on our way to the Emerald City to see the Great Oz, Dorothy answered, and we stopped at your cottage to pass the night. Well, why do you wish to see Oz? he asked. I want him to spend, send me back to Kansas, and the scarecrow wants him to put a few brains in his head, Dorothy said. The tin man appear, appeared to think deeply for a moment. Then he said, Do you suppose Oz could give me a heart? Why, I guess so. It would be as easy as to give the scarecrow brains. True, the tin man returned. So if you will allow me to join your party, I will also go to the Emerald City and ask Oz to help me. Come along said the scarecrow heartily, and Dorothy added that she would be pleased to have his company. So the tin man his, shouldered his axe and they all passed through the forest until they came to the road that was paved with yellow brick. The tin woodman had asked Dorothy to put the oil can in her basket, for he said, if I should get caught in the rain and rust again, I will need the oil can badly. It was a bit of good luck to have their new comrade join the party. Well, soon after they had begun their journey again, they came to a place where the trees and branches grew so thick over the road that the travelers could not pass. But the tin woodsman set to work with his axe and chopped so well that soon he cleared a passage for the entire party. Dorothy was thinking so earnestly as they walked along that she did not notice when the scarecrow stumbled into a hole and rolled over to the side of the road. Indeed, he was obliged to call her to help him up again. Why didn't you walk around the hole, asked the tin woodsman. I don't know enough. My head is stuffed with straw, you know, and that is why I'm going to Oz to ask him for some brains. Oh, I see. But after all, brains are not the best things in the world. Have you any, inquired the scarecrow. No, my head is quite empty, answered the woodsman. But once I had brains and a heart also, so having tried them both, I should much rather have a heart. And why is that? asked the scarecrow. I will tell you my story, and then you will know. So while they were walking through the forest, the tin woodsman told the following story. I was born the son of a woodsman who chopped down trees in the forest and sold the wood for a living. When I grew up, I too became a wood chopper. And after my father died, I took care of my old mother as long as she lived. Then I made up my mind that instead of living alone, I would marry so that I might not become lonely. There was one of the munchkin girls who was so beautiful that I soon grew to love her with all my heart. She on her part promised to marry me as soon as I could earn enough money to build a better house for her. So I sat to work harder than ever. But the girl lived with an old woman who did not want her to marry anyone. For she was so lazy, she wished the girl to remain with her and do the cooking and the housework. So the old woman went to the wicked witch of the east and promised her two sheep and a cow if she would prevent the marriage. Thereupon the wicked witch enchanted my act, and when I was chopping away at my best one day, for I was anxious to get to the new house and my wife as soon as possible. This is at first seemed a great misfortune, for I knew a one-legged man could not do very well. 
and and I and had him make me a new leg out of tin. The leg worked very well once I was used to it, but my action angered the wicked witch of the east, for she had promised the old woman I should not marry the pretty munchkin girl. When I began chopping it, my axe slipped and cut off my right leg. Again I went to the tinsman, and again he made me a leg out of tin. After this, the enchanted axe cut off my arms, one after the other, but nothing daunted. I had them replaced with tin ones. The wicked witch then made the axe slip and cut off my head, and at first I thought that was the end of me. But the tinsman happened to come along, and he made me a new head out of tin. I thought I had beaten the wicked witch, and I worked harder than ever, but little did I know how cruel my enemy could be. She thought of a new way to kill my love, for the beautiful munchkin maiden, and made my axe slip again. So that it went, went right through my body, splitting me into two halves. One more than the tinsman came to my once more the tinsman came to my help and made me a body of tin, fastening my tin arms and legs and head to it, my means of joints, so that I could move around as well as ever. But alas, I had now no heart, so that I lost all my love for the munchkin girl, and did not care whether I married her or not. I suppose she is still living with the old woman, waiting for me to come after her. My body shone so brightly in the sun that I felt very proud of it, and it did not matter now if my axe slipped for it could not cut me. There was only one danger, that my joints would rust, but I kept an oil can in my cottage and took care to oil myself whenever I needed it. However, there came a day when I forgot to do this and being caught in a rainstorm. Before I thought of the danger, my joints had rusted and I was left to stand in the woods until you came to help me. It was a terrible thing to undergo. But during the year I stood there, I had time to think that the greatest loss I had known was the loss of my heart. Well, while I was in love, I was the happiest man on earth. But no one can love who has not has a heart. And so I am resolved to ask Oz to give me one. If he does, I will go back to the munchkin maiden and marry her. Both Dorothy and the Scarecrow had been greatly interested in the story of the Tin Man, and now they knew he was, why he was so anxious to get a new heart. All the same, said the Scarecrow, I shall ask for brain instead of a heart. For a fool would not know what to do with a heart if he had one. I shall take the heart, returned the tinsman. Her brains did not make one happy, and happiness is the best thing in the world. Dorothy did not say anything, for she was puzzled to know which of her two friends was right. And she decided if she could only go back to Kansas and Aunt Em, it did not matter so much whether the woodsman had no brains and the scarecrow no heart, or each got what he wanted. What worried her most was that the bread was nearly gone and another meal for herself and Toto would empty the basket. To be sure, neither the woodsman nor the scarecrow ever ate anything, but she was not made of tin or straw and could not live unless she was fed. Ah, chapter six, the cowardly lion, eh? All right, well, we'll read that tomorrow, and I promise it won't be two weeks. So... Lions and tigers and bears, oh my, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, silly Aunt Sissy said. Well, thanks for listening to the Wizard of Oz today, guys. What a fun night. And now we shall read a poem, so Silver Sel Silverstein. Listen to the mustn'ts. Listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts. The impossibles, the won't. Listen to the never-haves. Then listen to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. Jimmy Jet and his TV set. I'll tell you the story of Jimmy Jet, and you know what I tell you is true. He loved to watch his TV set. 
almost as much as you. He watched all day, he watched all night, until he grew pale and lean, from the early show to the late, late show, and all the shows in between. He watched till his eyes were frozen wide, and his bottom grew into his chair, and his chin turned into a turning dial, and antenna grew out of his hair, and his brains turned into TV tubes, and his face to a TV screen, and two knobs saying vert and horrors grew where his ears had been, and he grew a plug that looked like a tail, so we plugged in little Jim, and now instead of him watching TV, we all sit and watch him. Oh, wow, that's so silly. Well, the early bird, one more, how do you say? Oh, if you're a bird, be an early bird, and catch the worm for your breakfast plate. If you're a bird, be an early, early bird, but if you're a worm, sleep late. So the early bird won't catch you. All right, one more, how do you think? Sky seasoning. A piece of sky broke off and fell through the crack in the ceiling right into my soup. Kirk Plunk. I really must slate that I usually hate lentil soup, but I ate every drop delicious, delicious, and bit like plaster. But so delicious, for goodness sake, I could have eaten a lentil soup lake. It's amazing the difference a bit of sky can make. Yummy, yummy. And tomorrow will be the farmer and the queen. Well, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll sing that out. Hey, 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 goodbye again. We've had some fun, and I know I love you. So thanks for listening and being my friend. I'm here for you today, and if you need me, find me in the inn. I'm here, we'll help you always love you. Forever. Thanks again for being my friend. All right. Well, I see you. I see Elizadora and little Duncan and little Phoebe and little Alex and little Lucky too. And I say good night to everybody. Good night, you. Thanks for listening. Click, click, click. See you real soon.